The Daily Logos, Episode 13, The Sermon on the Mount, Lust. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to continue working through the Sermon on the Mount. Christ's opening sermon in his ministry, which is the Sermon on the Mount, it teaches us how to walk with God. Today's topic is kind of brutal, if you ask me, because it lets us know just how easy it is to sin and how serious Christ takes sin. This set of verses always points me back to the Ten Commandments and the holiness of God's moral laws. Regarding today's topic, I've seen men labor over this, and they have confided in me about it, as women confide in women, no different. And to fully understand this topic of lust, we must separate the difference between temptation from Satan and our own intentions. Today, hopefully, we'll make everything crystal clear. Matthew 5, 27-30 says, You have heard it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. So let's define lust and intent to make sure we have the definition's exactly right, because that matters, right? Words matter. And the meaning of words really, really matters to make sure we have a good understanding. So lust is, by definition, intense or unbridled sexual desire or an intense longing. I think the best way to summarize that is unbridled sexual longing. It's something akin to, like, sexual coveting with someone who isn't your spouse. It's not just thinking someone is attractive, right? Intent is, by definition, a clearly formulated or planned aim or goal. As you can see, intent means intentional, hence it being the root word. So lustful intent is to intentionally long after someone sexually. Now let's talk about temptation. Like we've talked about before, I think it was yesterday, that there are only four sources of thoughts, let's say. right? So we have self-generated thoughts, we've got thoughts generated by the Holy Spirit, we have thoughts generated by the father of lies, which is considered temptation. And then we have thoughts that are generated by others through either conversation, television, social media, etc. We can't beat ourselves up over our thoughts no matter where it is sourced from. After all, the battlefield is the mind and the prize is the soul. We do, however, need to take the desires of the flesh seriously in relationship to how they affect our holiness, our righteousness, and our sanctification. This would be a good time to summarize two verses. The body is a temple, and the body is made from the Lord. Excuse me, and the body is made for the Lord. The following verses focus on the passions of the flesh, which is what lust is considered. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Romans 13.14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Ephesians, excuse me, Ephesians 4.22 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Romans 6.12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, to make you obey its passions. So what then should be done about the passions of the flesh, let's say, such as lust? Well, that depends on if you're married or not. If you're married, lust isn't to sin with your spouse. If you're lusting for others while being married, then yes, that's adultery. 
If you're single, there is guidance in scripture for those with a high drive, which could be caused from something as simple as hormones and age. 1 Corinthians 7.9 says, But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. The reason for that is because it goes from the passions of the flesh into something holy that God honors. We must remember that the Bible is written by God. The Greek word for that is theanoustos. And God is telling us through Paul if we get mar- excuse me, to get married if we burn with passion or have a high drive. It's also important to understand that God tells us not to deny our spouses their conjugal rights. The purpose of this is to prevent temptation. When spouses deny each other their conjugal rights, it invites the father of lies into the relationship by means of lust, make lust making the denied spouse susceptible to sin. God tells us the husband does not have authority over his body, instead the wife does. And the wife does not have authority over her body, instead the husband does. That's 1 Corinthians 7, 3-4 if you want to go verify that. The final thing we need to understand regarding the topic of lust that I think is truly troublesome to many people's lives is pornography. Porn is adultery by actors and actresses. Porn is sexual immorality by the consumer watching. The Greek word for sexual immorality is pornea. Porn is pornea. Now, truly, by biblical definition, porn is actually committing adultery, and it requires a lot of research to come to that conclusion. But when certain um, parts of Christianity, let's say, whether it be Protestant Christianity, Catholic Christianity, or Orthodox Christianity, the people who are most biblically accurate in their teachings on this subject recognize pornography as adultery. But let's look at some stats just to understand how much of an epidemic this really is. The following information was taken from multiple sources, some Christian, some scientific. There we'll go over four stats. Number one, 90% of teens and 96% of young adults are either encouraged, accepting, or neutral when they talk about porn with their friends. One in five youth pastors and one in seven senior pastors use porn on a regular basis and are currently struggling. That's more than 50,000 U.S. church leaders. Number three, 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say they watch porn at least once a month. Stat number four, in a study done in 2020, the researchers found using all modalities of pornography, 91.5% of men and 60.2% of women herein reported having consumed pornography in the past month. Well, here's the thing about adultery. Adultery is not just strictly physical, as Christ mentioned. Adultery is emotional of the heart and psychological of the mind. Watching porn is adultery by means of the heart and mind rather than physical interaction. Some people classify marital sex as adultery, some classify it as fornication. It doesn't really matter what we classify premarital sex as because both adultery and fornication are sins we must avoid like the plague because they fall under the category of sexual immorality. And Christ says in Revelation 21.8, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of fi- excuse me, the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death, death. Folks, this is why repentance is so important, and it was the first set of instructions from Christ when he started his ministry. 
Now, none of the sins listed in Revelation 28 are, excuse me, Revelation 21.8 are unforgivable through repentance. But in order for us to repent, we must know what sin is. And in order to know what sin is, we must study scripture. It is vital to know that, excuse me, it's vital to know what our left and right limits are as Christians. And I'm not, I don't say any of this to scare us, right, by blocking our path forward. I share this to get the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, behind us to propel us forward to participate in sanctification. Now, if anybody is struggling with pornography, there's a great resource. It's called Covenant Eyes. I personally use it to keep myself accountable because I deploy for a living. So I'll, I mean, just being frank with you, six months out of the year, I'm by myself if you get the drift. So I use that as a, a tool of accountability to remind me that Jesus is always watching and that pornography, which is adultery and sexual immorality, are serious, serious sins according to Scripture. So if you're struggling with pornography at all, Covenant Eyes is an excellent resource and you can have people added to your account to help with accountability. And of course, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or need some help or need some support or anything like that. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.